Welcome back, everybody. We are here, episode 18 of MST. This is our second episode 18 of MST, as last week we uh, missed the mark. We uh, welched, we choked. Uh, the audio was bad on Eric's end for some reason. We don't know why. Um, so yeah, we couldn't post that episode. So we're back this week. We got an extra special edition episode for you to make up for last week's. And the sports world seems to be stopping again. Eric, I'm here with him as always. How you doing? I'm doing good. That was actually a pretty fire intro, not going to lie. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I uh, didn't think of it at all. Only when I was talking. Good job, Kobo. I'm getting pretty decent at this, I'd say. I think about, what, 50 episodes total now? Does that to you? Maybe uh, more? Past that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably right around 50, yeah. Well, anyways, we're back at it. Uh, today, we got all, actually a decent amount to talk about. We're going to first talk about, uh, like I said, the sports world stopping suddenly again. Um, the NBA... Uh, we're in the middle of the first round. Actually, we're towards the end, finishing it up now. Last couple games here. Until the Bucks didn't show up. <laughs> the Bucks decided not to show up. They're boycotting the Jacob Blake shooting. As you, for those of you who don't know, Jacob Blake was is an African was an African American man because he was shot and killed seven times. No, he wasn't killed. He wasn't killed. No, nope. so I thought uh, he died. Okay, well, he, either way, he was near death. Seven times shot. Still. Seven shots should kill somebody. Yeah, he's just paralyzed from the hip waist down. Which is terrible. Which might be worse in some people's case. Yeah. Some people might would rather be dead than paralyzed. Um, But anyways. So, the Bucks boycotted their game with the Magic. It was, what, game game five? Uh, yep. The so they, Bucks were going for the for the win of the series. So, game five, the Bucks were up 3-1. Let me pull up all the NBA standings real quick. So, the Bucks are up, and they decide, like many teams have been discussing, to boycott the games. The Bucks did not show up. Um, they held a meeting. Later in the night, uh, they had a press release, a written out plan press release uh, addressed by George Hill and who was it? Sterling? It was Sterling Brown. Sterling Brown? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Eric, what's your, uh, what's your thoughts on this? Do you think it's the um, right way to go about doing this? All the players believe. And stopping the season, um, like you said, you just told me before this, the Clippers and Lakers want the season to stop, right? That's yeah. That, well, that was like a – they, like, pulled – like, they all met in the, like, ballroom, I guess, last yeah. night for a meeting. And they said that um, they did, like, a polling, and the Clippers and Lakers were two teams that said that they didn't want the – like, the season shouldn't resume. Um, but they ended up leaving the meeting after LeBron left. The Clippers and Lakers followed. Um, hmm. 
So it's pretty like high emotions like right now in the bubble. And I think that everyone has, to be honest with you, I think the reason that the season hasn't been canceled is because there are people fighting for the fact that they're in a situation where they have this big platform and you end the season and you maybe don't have that platform that you have now um, where the center of attention is on you in the bubble. And yes. I think that's the reason why the season hasn't been canceled yet because people are fighting that like people are fighting that um, argument and then there's people fighting the fact that going home would be a better situation. So mm. I don't really know because um, not in their shoes. I don't really have like as big as a say as they do. Um, but I, I mean, obviously the situation like this has been like a roller coaster ride throughout the entire bubble, like since they've been in the bubble. Um, even before players opting out before the yeah, bubble like even the started so they them. could fight this. So, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I think, I think whatever they do is the right decision, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't know. I, I see it both ways. Like I see going home and being able to fight in your hometown, like, like with the people that you grew up around, like I can see that being an accomplished, like, um, like fight. And then I also see the fact that like Doc Rivers said, um, you know, we're, we're here. The NBA has made strides to come here and huge, like, you know, big sacrifices, uh, sacrifices yeah, to be here. And they're the center of attention is on them. And that, so they should use that, a bit, like the ability to speak out in front of cameras and all that. So I don't know. I'm not really sure. Like you were saying, um, I, I don't really have a say. Neither of us really have a say uh, as Caucasian men in America. Um, I, we stand with African-American men and anybody of that descent in any way, any percentage, whatever. We stand with them um, as this is a tough time, obviously, uh, along with the virus still really relevant in the world today and all the things going on. Um, but anyways, yeah, we were just going to talk about that really quick. We've had other teams, you know, all the games got boycotted and postponed. We don't know as of right now if the season's going to return or not, uh, how long this is going to last. Um, whether we finish the first round and, you know, something else happens and then we stop and we do this again. Um, I think at the end of the day, the season will be finished um, one way or another. I don't know how or I don't know when, but I think since they're here, the NBA has made it important for everybody to be here together, be able to, you know, bring some light into the world this is the reason the season was finished in the first place you know there was a dreadful time especially in sports the nba came back kind of started all that um so i i don't know all we have to say is that you know we can't really understand completely where you're coming from but we stand beside everybody and everybody's decision who's involved 
That's the one way I think we can put it. But, you're ready to move on to something else, Eric. Yeah. All right. So, whilst, while we're on the topic of basketball, I guess we can take a quick rundown of the series, um, where they're currently at, assuming they're going to finish them. So, the Eastern Conference has three-quarters of its semifinals bracket filled out. Uh, the Bucks among the only team to not finish out a series um, in 4-0 fashion, as they're currently 3-1 over the Magic. The Heat beat the Pacers, the Celtics beat the Sixers, and Toronto beat the Brooklyn Nets all in all 4-0 in the series. So, Eric, would it concern you at all to think that the Bucks are the only team that didn't sweep anybody? Is that kind of uh, a reason to root against them or a reason they might not make the finals? Uh, no. Especially considering they probably had, uh, other than Toronto, had the weakest competition. No. Um, I think Toronto had the weakest competition um, just due to injuries. But, I mean, yeah, the the uh, Magic weren't, like, in a situation. Like, they didn't have everyone healthy either. You know, they lost out on Michael Carr-Williams and Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. So, um, I mean, that sucks, but. You look at the Magic, and last year they beat the Raptors, who ended up being NBA champions, you know, in the first game. It's it's a league where, like, anyone can win a game, as you mm-hmm. said. Very um, true. So I don't think it's a – I don't think the Bucks are playing their best basketball right now. Um, but I don't think there's a reason to say that they can't pick it up in another series. I think they have to pick it up quick because they're playing the Miami Heat. If you know, assuming they do win, um, you know, four to one, you know, they're going to be playing Miami, and Miami's on fire. So, indeed, they are. Um, other news around the Eastern Conference: Nick McMillan was fired for God knows what reason. Um, the dude brought the team to the playoffs without having their, I guess, so-called star all year, and then their best player this year was injured and or whatever sat out in the playoffs. And, you know, I think either way, if you have, if, if, <laughs> if the Pacers have their full team, they're probably going to get 4-0 or 4-1 either way yeah. by Miami because Miami's just that good right now. Um, Nate McMillan's definitely going to land a job somewhere else. He's a really good coach. I don't know why the Pacers moved on from him unless they're trying to make a splash at, like, Pop or something. I don't know. But uh, we move to the other side of the – or the bottom part of the bracket. We have Boston and Toronto matching up, mm-hmm. which should be a really good series to watch. Um, as Boston fans, we watched them 4-0 Philly. Um, pretty easy fashion for the most part. Um I guess there was. I guess we had two probably good games, and then two eh games where just Philly was worse than us. Yeah, and we lost Gordon Hayward, um, which kind of sucks. But we seems to be uh, we seem to be all right without him at the moment. Uh, it worked out in that Philly series. We'll see how it works out with Toronto. Toronto might be a little more of a struggle considering they're also a, like a wing dominant and guard dominant team. <laughs> 
So curious to see how that works out. We need Tice to play better. I mean, it's, you can't ask him to match up greatly against Embiid, but if he can match up a little bit better against Toronto's bigs, and it should be a really good series either way. I can't. I don't really know who's who should win or who's gonna win. Depends on how good the stars play, how good Spicy P plays, and how good Tatum plays, and how good you know Jalen Brown, Kyle Lowry play. It's a it's pretty uh it's a good matchup. A lot of good players. A lot of not really superstars, but a lot of stars in this in this series. Um, also, Brett Brown fired. Yeah, uh, we, don't, we don't care about that. We saw that coming. Yeah. He's, he's a garbage coach. Hasn't done anything with the team in seven years. So, yeah, really disappointing. Two number one picks. Uh, <laughs> garbage. <laughs> but um, so yeah, we have we're waiting on Milwaukee. To uh, close out their series, that'll give us the Eastern Conference side of the semifinals, or the conference semifinals that is. And then we have on the West uh, a lot of closer matchups. We have the Lakers and Portland, three-one. Last time we talked about this on the last episode, Portland was up one-zero. The Lakers have come back, almost shut them down. Other aside from probably one game. Um. So they're looking to close out if they play Houston and OKC. Uh, Houston went up, what, 2-0, and now this series is tied? Um, yes, they were up 2-0. And then Chris Paul, the Chris Paul effect, baby. Uh, Chris Paul, if, you know, if Chris Paul and the Thunder were able to beat Houston, the team that they made that huge trade with, I feel like that trade just becomes pointless. <laughs> Um. Yes and no for the future. No, but for now, yes. Well, I mean, I, I'm thinking in Houston. You know, if it doesn't work now, when's it ever gonna work? Because it hasn't in the past. You definitely have the edge with superstars. OKC might be. A little deeper, and not even no. Nah, they're probably about the same depth-wise. But you know, that's like a big fuck you from Chris Paul if they're able to beat Houston. Yeah. Um, also, Russ has hasn't played, so that's gonna have some effect if he comes back and plays. He is supposed to come back and play. He's supposed to. I guess he was supposed to play last night, and he's getting ready to play. Mm. Yeah, everybody. Russ and uh, CP3 were talking. I think they were talking about the boycott and everything. Had to take a sip of my chocolate milk there. Chocolate milk slaps. But anyways, uh, back to it. Then we go down to the bottom of the bracket. We have Denver and Utah, which has been a pretty good series. Mm -hmm. um, surprisingly, Utah's up 3-2. Um, after game one, when... Uh, Donovan Mitchell scored 57 points, and they lost. We we pretty much wrote them off, but now they're up 3-2. Donovan Mitchell has scored 50 points in two of those games, and Jamal Murray is playing out of his mind right now, too. So, uh, I would say that's like one of the most even matchups right now. Yeah, definitely. I just think the amount of star power is pretty even. 
deep. Both teams are deep teams. And they're both like kind of like those underdog sleeper teams nobody expects yeah. to come, you know, out of the West or get to the conference finals. Rudy um, Gobert is playing out of his mind. There's just a lot of guys playing really good on both teams. And it's kind of coming down to like the end of the game. Deciding who's going to win. Um, now we go back down to the bottom. Oh, if you have to pick one, who's winning? Utah or Denver? 3-2 Utah right now. Um, I'm just going to take Utah because I think that, I mean, you have to lose two more times, which no one's lost you know, twice in a row in this series yet. So, or actually three in a row because they lost the last game. So I don't think that's how, I don't think they're gonna lose three in a row. They're gonna find another one. Fair um, enough. But yeah. Uh, I don't really have a pick right now to be honest, but you know, if Donovan Mitchell plays the way he's been, I'm gonna go Utah. Uh then we move to the bottom bracket. We have the Clippers and the Mavericks. Uh Paul George finally came to play. Yeah, it's about time. He said it was on his mental health, which I guess as a fan, you know, you can't really argue somebody's mental health. It's kind of fucked up. A lot of fans. Um, Paul George had that press conference talking about how he was in a dark place, mm-hmm. um, which I get as being in the bubble, you know. Doesn't seem like it could be the best time as a player. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people shitting on him. Um, imagine being a player, though. And, like, everybody's just shitting on you already. And they don't know you. And then they... You come in, and then you play well, and you finally have a good game. You have a press conference asking about, like, how it feels to have played well. And then he explains himself that he was in in a dark place for, like, the last week. And everybody just shits on him for that. (laughs) There was actually Uh, a conversation on... uh... On, ES, on um, ESPN, I forget what segment it was. But someone said, is that an excuse? Like, he finally had a good game after having, like, four bad games. Is that an excuse? I don't think you can blame it on... You can't, like... You shouldn't say that. Yeah. You can't, like, if somebody has, like, a mental health problem, whether it be long-lasting or temporary, I don't think you can, you know challenge somebody's you know feelings yeah feelings especially considering the circumstances and the world we're living in right now um and then you know dallas is uh they're down two three right now we'll see how they bounce back um montrez harrell uh stepped on was it Mon- no it was marcus morris my bad uh marcus morris steps on lucas foot Everybody's saying it was intentional. Personally, I don't think it was intentional. He wasn't looking at his foot. Montre- uh, I mean, uh, Marcus Morris is just kind of like a competitive player. And things like that happen. Um, and the league nowadays is just getting so soft that somebody's stepping on somebody else's foot. I know it was injured, previously injured, but somebody stepping on somebody else's foot becomes news. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say about that other than this is how, like, people began to hate 
like LeBron for a little bit because, you know, they made everything about LeBron news yeah. and they're starting to do the same thing with Luka. Yep. Which I like Luka and I don't want that to happen to him because, you know, he's a great player. But it's gonna keep if it's gonna keep happening, people are gonna start hating him. So we have Clippers, Dallas, three two right now. Who who's your pick to win the series? Clippers. Um I think the I think if Maver if the Mavericks can bring it to you know, a tied series, bring it to seven game series, I think it's you know, fifty fifty, honestly. Because they've both been playing really well, it just really sucks when the Mavericks because they know Kristaps who's been out the last two games. But um, I think if they can bring it to seven games, get Kristaps back, it's fifty-fifty. But I think I, I think the Clippers close it out. I think the Clippers are gonna win either way, whether it's you know six or seven game series. Um, they I think they could easily close it out next game. Or especially if Paul George just plays like he did last game, doesn't even have to play that good. Just needs to play solid. Um, because Kawhi is gonna do his thing, and if it gets to a game seven, one way or another, I think the Clippers win. Because I think having game seven experience is huge in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and obviously we've seen that from Kawhi. We've seen what he's done. Um, Paul George in the past, not. I mean, Paul George before, you know, going back to his Pacer days. Um, I think if, they, you know, if they just play good, they'll be all right because they're just a tough team to beat. Yeah. So, anyways, we'll move on from the NBA. Hopefully it comes back. We're hoping whatever happens is best for the players, best for the, uh, the public as well. But we're going to move on. So, outside of the real world, we have the virtual world. Something me and Eric indulge in much of every year. We play Xbox. We play sports games. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't think of a really good word to use, so that's the word I chose. It. So we uh, indulge in uh, 2K a lot. That's kind yeah. of our big game for all you uh, gamers out there. We play NBA a lot 2K. of NBA 2K. Tends to be a letdown. Every year? Um, this past year, 2K20 wasn't bad. We had a lot of, uh, you know, 2K18 was terrible. 2K19 sucked. Um, 2K20, though, hasn't been too bad. Uh, we played a lot of that this year. And we're coming out with the release of uh, 2K21 pretty soon. We downloaded the demo. Very much like last year's game in a lot of ways. Um... There's a lot of different mixed feelings going around. Eric thinks it's better, feels smoother. I personally don't think it feels better. I think it feels worse than last year's game. Um, some of our friends, our friend Matt agrees as well with me that the game doesn't feel as smooth. Yeah. Um, Justin likes the game. That's because Justin hypes up every 2K game no yeah. matter what. Always thinking it's going to be the best game. Doesn't end up being the best game. <laughs> um, Jackson, this is his first time playing a uh, <laughs> 
second 2K game. So uh, he just started playing last in the beginning. Just started playing 2K last year. uh, So he'll be playing it for the first time from the start. Maybe he'll realize how bad it is. And, um, but yeah, so Eric, what's your, uh, what are you looking forward to about this year's version of 2K? Um, all right. So I do feel as though it's smoother. I feel like, um, the players, like dribbling animations, I've seen a few dunk animations where like you, um, you kind of slip past your guy, which are pretty realistic. Whereas last year it would have been a contest. It would have been like a foul and a contest every single time. I've seen a few, like, you know, Giannis, like, slips underneath the defense, um, which I like because that's realistic. Um, but I feel like the game, the way you build your player, it's exactly the same. Um, except yes. for four different pie charts, which, to be honest with you, attribute-wise, yes, they, they can be, you know, pretty successful but in terms of what you can get for badges um it's just not worth using the new pie charts because you can only get you know one section um of hall of fame badges whereas like the other pie charts you can get two sections so i don't know i just think that 2k needs to uh step it up step it up (laughs) a little bit I, i mean they're putting a lot of effort into the next gen which i hate to see because you're almost forcing people to go next gen, and it's not like everyone has the money to go next gen. So, and not even just that, people like us who are, you know, a big part of their fan base, you know, twenty year, twenty years old, and you know, they're for... seeing their maybe their last days of you know playing two K, their last years here. Um, a lot of your audience isn't going to transfer over to next gen because one, they're either our age. And you know they don't think it's worth the investment because it's expensive. Or and two, there's there's kids you know that are sixteen that can't afford it. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know how mommy and daddy. Can. Well, that's gonna yeah, mommy and daddy can buy it. Don't worry. I don't know how well that's gonna translate into uh, the next generation of consoles. Um, I think two K just needs to change a lot before. Because one of these days, a real competitor is going to come along, challenge them, and one good year can change the whole outlook. Because think about 2K. Like, 2K, like, NBA is the only good game they actually really make. Yeah. It's, like, their best-selling game. I guess, like, there's other, like, smaller games that... They make, like, fishing games that are okay. They're, like, (laughs) 2K is, like, their only big sports game they make now. Like, they've dropped the ball on every other sport. Like, they had NFL um, back in the day. They had MLB back in the day. I just, you know, the, the, their best game right now is <laughs> golf. Like, everybody is really excited about the Rory McIlroy PGA Tour game this year. Um, um yeah. Like uh, 2K just needs to get their stuff together. On the other hand, we're talking about games that are actually changing. Madden. Let's go. Yeah, big supporter of Madden this year. Uh, me and Eric already bought it. Comes out tonight at midnight. Uh, we're already, you know, 
hyped up. We're definitely staying up. At least I know I am. I don't know about Eric. I'm going to find a way to be up. So, we're staying up. We're playing. Making big changes. Um, so, they in- introduced a new game mode, the yard. A game. So, for some reason, our recording just stopped out of nowhere. So, there's going to be an odd cut in there. Um, so, anyways. Uh, we were talking about the new mode. They're finally introducing a mode that I have been you know, talking about for years that they at, should add, similar to the NBA 2K Park mode. Um, they call it the Yard in Madden. And it's just you and your friends can play 3v3, 6v6 online against other kids. You can play against computers, do challenges, uh, create your own player, play different positions every game, not spend a shit ton of money like you have to do on 2K. Make it good. Uh, customize them. Should be exciting. Uh, brings a different energy to Madden. Uh, something they're doing right that 2K needs to do is like add more modes. Something different. Mix it up. So they're doing that. And uh, already on top of that, we love franchise mode. That's probably our favorite mode at Madden. Um, and it seems as though they're doing a lot to update the franchise mode. Um, yes. In the upcoming years. So we got a league already planned out. I'm going to be the Colts. Eric's going to be the Seahawks. See if we can meet in the Super Bowl. Should be a fun time. Should be exciting. We're hyped. Um, Another thing that Madden does is, which we can talk about real quick, is they release the ratings of their players really early. Mm -hmm. And they've been released for a long time now. Um which is something 2K needs to get their jump on because they don't really release player ratings until about two weeks before the game comes out. And that's kind of like what builds excitement for the game. <coughs> so uh, EA's just doing a really good job this year with Madden, incorporating a whole lot of new stuff. You can also upgrade to uh, next-gen at no additional cost. I don't know if it's the same case for 2K or not. But... um. For those who go next-gen, Madden will be available at a free charge if you buy it on current-gen. But anyways, we'll talk about uh, player ratings real quick. Um, so, Eric, do you know any... Have you seen the ratings at all? Uh, Madden ratings? Yes. I've seen a little bit, um, but not like... So we have um, 599s this year. To start oh, the did, season. Yeah, I did see those. Um, Aaron Donald, again, once again, mm-hmm. 99. Christian McCaffrey joins the 99 club, uh, rightfully be. so, mm-hmm. after the season he had. Michael Thomas is a 99. Um, Patrick Mahomes and Stefan Gilmore, all 99s. So, as Pats fans, we're hyped to see that we have a 99 other than Tom Brady or Gronk. <laughs> For the first time, and I don't even know, probably ever. <laughs> um, it's a good thing to see. On the defensive side of the ball, especially. It's cool. So, uh, Aaron Donald, you know, we'll talk about each of them real quick. Obviously deserves to be a 99. Like, probably the best player in the league in the last four years. Um, then we have McCaffrey, who had a absolute killer season last year. MVP caliber season probably could have won the MVP if you know Carolina had one more and Michael Thomas is a questionable one 
like I said, he had a record-breaking year. Um, and, yeah, definitely a record-breaking year for a wide receiver, but a guy who was targeted so much. Um, I just think that, you know, personally, I'd put Julio higher than him. I'm not saying Julio should be a 99, but I think Julio and DeAndre Hopkins are probably both better receivers than Michael Thomas is. Uh, how do I you, think they're just going to off last year, though. <laughs> yeah, they tend to do that. But the thing is, like, they do base it off numbers a lot from last year. But, like, why is a guy like I, – I get Patrick Mahomes is the Super Bowl MVP and everything, but they're basing it off his numbers. Like, he had good numbers, but he was out for a lot of the season. Yeah. So if they're going to base it off that, at least be consistent. Um, I just think they made Michael Thomas – I don't think he should be a – uh, 99, maybe a 98. Yeah, I have no problem with that. But being a 99 is totally something different. So, um, we'll I go down the list a little bit more. That might be like the only knock on Madden, to be honest with you. It's how what? They, just how they rate players, like how they determine it. Yeah, some, um, my dream job is always to been the Madden rating, player ratings adjuster. <laughs> you see cool. those guys, they go to like NFL camps yeah. and shit, and they just you know, adjust players' ratings while they're there. That's sick. You just get to watch and, you know, observe. and You get to pick the ratings of guys, which is crazy. So, um, like I said, we'll go down the line here. Those are our 599s to start the year. Um, there's going to probably be more. There might be less. So we go down to the 98s. We got Bobby Wagner, DeAndre Hopkins, George Kittle, J.J. Watt and Zach Martin. If you heard me emphasize J.J. Watt, I'm really upset that he is a 98. Uh, there's no way he should be a 98. <laughs> uh, especially if they're basing it off last year. Yeah. Like, his own brother was better than him last year. I just... Eh. Even guys that are younger, Nick Bosa was better than him last year. Like, they're just, that's what I hate to see about Madden is they do it a lot off legacy, which is, like, why a reason, like, a Tom Brady has been so high in past years, even though he might not be as good. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Um, so, yeah, J.J. Watt, a 98, questionable for me. Also, with Gronk, Gronk's a 95. I saw the player reactions. Uh, his own teammates were like, what? He didn't even play football last year. <laughs> Yeah, another thing based off legacy right there. Like, Gronk's a 95, but Chris Godwin, who was, like, probably a top five receiver last year, was an 88. Yeah, Chris Godwin's nice. Um, But, but other than that, I think the rest of those guys deserve to be 98s. Um, D-Hop, definitely. But I think if D-Hop's a 98, Julio's got to be a 98. He's a 97. Um, George Kittle, how do you feel about that? I actually agree with that. Me too. I think George Kittle is the best tight end in the league. And I don't think it's really a question. I mean, Travis Travis Kelsey Kelsey. probably held that title for like a couple of years. Like the stage in between Gronk and George Kittle, maybe for like a year or two. But George Kittle emerged so fast on the scene. And he's just... 
like the thing is George Kittle's like a really good run blocker as well. Like Gronk was a good blocking tight end. George Kittle seems to be the same way. But the thing about George Kittle is George Kittle might be better than Gronk. Aside from like, aside from like, or I think he has the potential to be better than Gronk, I should say, because he's got all the tools. He's athletic. He's faster than Gronk. Uh, He's got probably a little bit better work ethic than Gronk ever had. The guy's in the gym in the offseason all the time. He's just like a dog. He's just an all-around athlete. He's got good hands. Uh, He makes some incredible plays. He's really good after the catch. I don't think Travis Kelsey should be a 97 if George Kittle's a 98. I think Travis. I think George Kittle's by far the best tight end in the league. Yeah, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, you know, a ninety-five. I could yeah, see. I was going to say ninety-three to ninety-five. Um. So we'll go through the ninety-sevens real quick. We'll go through the nineties club. We'll we'll go a little quicker though. Um. <coughs> so we have Julio, Khalil Mack, Russell Wilson, Travis Kelsey, Vaughn Miller. As our 97s. Um, one knock I have on that is Russell Wilson. I think he should be a 98, if not a 99, for how consistent. If, if they're going to base some of it on legacy for how consistent the guy's been, second highest QBR of all time, yeah. um, I think he's got to be at least a 98. Some could argue he might be the best quarterback in the league, basing it off last season, considering Patrick Mahomes didn't play a lot. Um, I don't really have any knocks on those other guys aside from Kelsey. I'd probably bump down a few notches. Then we go to 96. We got Cameron Jordan, David Bakhtiari, uh, Fletcher Cox, Michael Schwartz, um, and Tyree Kill. That's on this page at least. Um, and any knocks there? I like seeing 90, uh, some offensive linemen that are high because I think they usually get the shit end of the stick. Yes. Um, I think Tyreek Hill should be a little lower. Yeah, I think Tyreek Hill I think he's, is what puts him that high. Yeah, but then again, like like I said, if they're going to base it off last year alone, didn't I mean, he missed some of the season, but he yeah. had 800 yards. And you look at a guy like more. you look at a guy like Chris Godwin, who played all of last season, was killer, and he's an 88. That's a, it's a little uh, ridiculous. You're, you're in the you're in the East. I mean, in the East. You're in the AFC with uh, with the Chiefs. You're in a tough situation. Yeah, yeah, I am. But uh, I'm not worried about it. I ain't scared of them. Um, ninety fives. Calais Campbell, Chandler Jones, Harrison Smith. Teron Armstead, uh, and then that's it for 95s. Don't really have any arguments there. Um, 94, we go to Devontae Adams. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, I think, is way too high. Yeah. Um, he's the, I think he's the second best corner on this list after Gilmore at 94. Um, I don't think he should be. I think Tredavious White should be the second best corner on this list, facing it off last year almost as good as Gilmore. Um, all pro player. I think he should be a ninety. I think Trey White, who got, I think an eighty nine, 
should be at least a nine. Should be a ninety-four. They should swap places. I don't think Jalen Ramsey's even a ninety, to be honest. I think you know his name hypes him up a little bit. Yeah. Typical corner, corner, corner uh, stuff right there. Uh, like yep. Josh Norman Josh used to get hyped up. Uh, Jason Kelsey also a ninety-four. I swear that dude's been a ninety-four for like the last eight years. I swear he's been in the league for the last twenty-five years. <laughs> Lamar Jackson a 94, which I'm kind of, like, appreciate Madden for not putting him at a 99, considering he was the MVP. Because there's only two reasons they're basing their ratings off. It's, like, last year's stats and their legacy, I guess, as players. And, like, maybe the previous few years. Lamar Jackson was the MVP, but I think 94 is a good spot for him. I like Um, how consistent Madden is with their ratings, though, from year to year, not maybe... Yeah. Um, because, and the reason that they're so consistent with that is because of that adjusting team. Yeah. And, like, the NFL.com ranked Lamar Jackson as the best player in the league. Which, I mean, I guess he has a case, obviously, as the former MVP, but I don't think he is after one year of playing. Yeah. Like, well, two years, but, like, one good year of playing. Also choked in the playoffs again for the second year in a row. Um, so yeah, Lamar Jackson's a ninety-four, where I think he should be, and then Quinton Nelson, Colt maybe ninety-four. Ninety-three, we have Amari Cooper, Brandon Brooks, Derrick Henry, Drew Brees, Miles Garrett, um Rodney Hudson. Henry. Yes. Ronnie Stanley, Tyron Matthew, all ninety-threes. Like all those, uh, I think those are all pretty fair. Um, I think Drew Brees should be as high as Lamar Jackson. You know, I get Drew Brees was out for a lot of the year last year, but you know, so was Mahomes, and apparently that doesn't affect your rating. So, I think Brees should be a ninety-four because you know he had an MVP caliber season for like what he throw two picks last year. Yep. Which is crazy. Um. And then, yeah, I think everybody else is good where they are. Uh, then we moved to 92, Chris Jones, McCourty, or Devin McCourty, that is. Zeke, Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, Nick Chubb, Gronk. So I guess Gronk's a 92, not a 95. Even that is high. Um he was a 95 earlier in the game, but they might have already adjusted some ratings because it's been out for pre-release for a couple, for like a week now. Um, Stefan Diggs, Trent Williams uh, complete out the 92. Um, again, I don't see a whole lot of problem. I think if Mike Evans is a 92 and Gronk's a 92, Chris Godwin should be a 92. Maybe yeah. a 93. Um, Stefan Diggs getting a 92. I think he's good. I think that might be a little high for him. Yeah, I think that's his peak. I think 90. I think he should be right around a 90. Um, but, you know, good for him. He's on, he's, uh, in Buffalo now, which makes Buffalo even more dangerous. Uh, they're going to kill it this year, I think. Uh, Josh Allen, I think, has really slept on as a quarterback. As of that, he what he he led the league in rushing touchdowns uh, for yeah, quarterbacks. 
and he can throw the ball. So a really good dual threat that doesn't get talked about very often. Probably going to dominate the Pats this year. <laughs> um, but anyways, the uh, 91 club, we have Dalvin Cook, David DeCastro, Eric's boy, Jamal Adams, uh, Joey Bosa, Kevin Byard. Okay, so I just realized Joey Bosa is a 91, but Nick Bosa hasn't been listed yet. Yeah, that's crazy. So Nick Bosa is coming off his rookie year, which I get. Doesn't give you the best ratings. But, like, he's better than his brother. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but I guess it's like the whole coming off your rookie year thing. So, yeah, Joey, Kevin, Byard, uh, Michael Pierce, Odell gets a 91, popular player. Uh, Richard Sherman, a 91. Ryan Ramchek, 91. Saquon Barkley. Trey White, okay, is a 91 I'm now. I'm actually glad they put Saquon lower because Zeke did have a better year than Saquon, but Saquon always gets hyped up. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, he'll probably bounce back. Yeah. Like, I don't think a guy like him who's as crazy talented as him can have two years in a row that I guess considered down years for him. Uh, then we have Trey White, who got some respect. He got, I guess he got bumped up to a 91 from an 89. Tyron Smith as well rounds out the 91 club. Then we go to the 90s. To round this list out, we have Aaron Jones, Adam Thielen, uh, Cameron Hayward, Darius Slay, Grady Jarrett, Jari Alexander, um, Justin Simmons, Kenny Clark, Levante David, which I think was a kind of a snub. If we're basing it off, this is the thing. Levante David's so good year in and year out, so consistent. And last year, he had an incredible year statistics-wise. If we're going to base it off legacy and last year's stats, Levante David should be like a 94-95. Yeah. Like, he had a killer year last season. I just, I don't know. This doesn't make any sense to me. Why he's always, I feel like, in the, I feel like he's a 90 to 92 every year. I feel like consistency should play a factor. He's kind of like the LaMarcus Aldridge of the NFL. Yeah, like always producing. Always produces, never talked about, always consistent. I mean, in comparison, like, I think he's better than in the NFL to, like, what LaMarcus Aldridge is in the NBA considering there's so much talent and so many players in the NFL. But I think they're very similar. They're quiet, you know, consistent, always putting up numbers, never talked about guys. So I think Levante David should probably be a 93-94 at least. He had arguably, arguably his best season last year, one of his best seasons. I think the only thing that knocks him is his age. Um... Richie Incognito is <laughs> a 90. Um, Tom Brady, you know, our boy. Good luck, Tampa Bay. Uh, Zach Gertz is a 90 as well, and that rounds it out. Guys who just missed out, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Alex Mack, Ali Marpet, Allen Robinson, Austin Hooper, Casey Hayward, Cooper Cup, Danielle Hunter, uh... Demarcus Lawrence, Demario Davis, and a few other guys. I'm not going to the next page for that. But um, 
Aaron Rodgers misses out on the 90 club, I think, for the first time in a long time. I'm cool with that. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan. Kind of hate him low-key. Sorry, Aaron Rodgers, if you listen to this, but fuck you. (laughs) But uh, Austin Hooper took a big jump, goes up to an 89. Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like the tight end position is kind of thin. Yeah. So. I feel like there's that elite level group with um, Kelsey and Kittle. And then you have kind of like a drop-off. Yeah, And then you get to like the guys like Zach Ertz and Austin Hooper. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's pretty much going to round it out there. Uh, Cooper Cup also took a big jump getting some respect. You know, he's been pretty insane. Last year and the year before, he's an 89 now. A lot of these guys are probably going to take some jumps. Um, Eric, you have the um, – you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it right now on, on stream. We're going to – me and Eric do a free agency draft for our leagues. Um, so it, we're going to decide who gets the first pick in the draft. So um, do you – you want to do it so we decide who gets the first pick in the draft or whoever gets the number gets the pick if they pick first or not? Just who gets the first pick in the draft. All right. I think that's a good way to do it. So um, pick a number. Pick one or two. Mm, I'll take two. All right. This will be for who gets the first pick. Siri, pick a number between one and two. The answer is one. One. You pick two, right? Yep. All right, so it looks like I get the first pick in the free agency draft, which is going to be crazy because there's still so many good free agents out there. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what we're going to do, but uh, we'll see. We'll let you know who I pick first. Maybe so we'll we doing, post doing about it on our story. Whoever gets the number two picks, and I would get back-to-back picks. Yes. Okay. Um. But, uh, yeah, so I think that's going to do it. Eric, what, what are you looking to do with your team real quick? What, what's one thing, what's one move you want to make or position you want to upgrade? I think you know this, um, Seattle Seahawks, they haven't had, you know, the since the league's in a boom, they haven't had that type of swagger in their secondary, so I'm going to try and bring that back to the team. Also going to look to build up my offensive line and maybe give some a few, few more targets for Russell Wilson. There you go. Um, as the Colts, I think I have a pretty secure offensive line. Um, I think I might want want to get a little bit more receiver depth uh, and a little bit of secondary help. Those are the two things I'm looking to improve. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And I'm looking to see how I can incorporate my running backs into my offense because it's always something different every year. So we'll yeah. see how that works out. Um, so I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for tuning into this special edition, you know, EA sports. It's in the game edition. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll, uh, talk to you this Sunday on uh, sound up, uh, Eric, good luck with class the rest of the week. That's tough. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, that's going to do it. Peace.